see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Your mission, should you choose to accept it. Just listen to what I'm saying to you. You ready? I was born ready. I'm like this all day. Hi, welcome to the second episode of Cinema Capsule. But before we start, what did you think of that intro? Well, let me give you a little bit of a context. You see, growing up, I used to watch these promos on channels that would talk about all the movies that are coming up in the next few weeks. And all of these promos would have film dialogues that are stitched together to mimic an ad copy. And ever since, I've always been fascinated by the idea that these iconic movie quotes that we all love can be used to convey a message different from their original meaning. This 40 second intro is just a start. Hopefully uh, I'll refine it and expand it if needed over the next few episodes. I actually made a 2 minute 40 second version of it and then my closest friend said, uh, yeah, no. Well, you know, that's what friends are for. Uh, God bless them. So. Moving on to the topic of today's episode, which you should hopefully be seeing below your video. It's called society. What that means is there will be a theme of society that links all five of the movies that I'll be reviewing today. They won't all be explicitly about society, but there'll be a thread that connects all of them. So without further ado, and before I continue with any more cliches, let's start. Now, in the first episode of this podcast, we covered five different genres. But one genre that we didn't get to till now is the horror and science fiction genre. So here's a movie that combines both those elements with admittedly more horror than science fiction. But the next movie on this list, the sixth one that we'll be talking about is called The Mist. Why don't you get Billy dressed? I'll take him into town with him. Hit the store before it gets all bought out. How'd you folks hold up in the store? Big insurance day. Sorry to hear that. What's going on? It's death. Shut the doors! The only way we're gonna help ourselves is to seek rescue. Tie this around your waist. Or four. They'll let us know you got at least 300 feet. There's nothing out there. Nothing in the midst. What if you're wrong? Then I guess the joke would be on me. Read the good book. It calls for blood. Guys, I hear something. Are those bugs? Not like any I've ever seen. 
They wanted to try and make a window. Well, maybe your window turned out to be a door. Lucy's gonna sacrifice to make it all better. We want the boy. You try it. Kill him! Now, this movie is based on Stephen King's work. So, I'm sure that already sets a bar of expectation. But to be fair, not all of Stephen King's works have been converted successfully to film. There have been some unfortunate disappointments. However, this 2007 science fiction horror movie is worth a watch. And I'll tell you why. So the concept is, on the surface, it looks like a typical monster movie. Right? If you see in the trailer, you'll know that there's something outside, some unseen monster and a band of human beings have to decide how to survive. But what sets this movie apart from other horror movies is that the real monsters are not outside, but within those band of survivors. I can't tell you more without spoiling it, but safe to say this horror movie really terrifies you, not because of monsters that aren't real, but because of human beings who can do horrible, inexplicable things in the right circumstances. Oh, and two other things to note. This movie was directed by Frank Darabont. Yes, the same Frank Darabont who directed The Green Mile and, drumroll, The Shawshank Redemption. Sadly, this movie is not up there with Shawshank Redemption in terms of INDB fanboys. But this is, I think, a slightly overlooked horror classic. It doesn't break any horror conventions, but what it does is tell a tight story in a fast pace and with a lot of themes and subtext. It's not about what you see on the screen, but it's about the thinking that goes into each of the characters. And the last point, and I will try to tell this to you without spoiling the movie for those who want to see it. The Mist has one of the most gut-wrenching endings I've ever seen in cinema. Yes, I'm including all the classics, all the war epics, everything included. This movie is notorious for the way it ends. I can't tell you anything more because that'll ruin it for you. But definitely check out this horror science fiction movie. The second movie we're going to talk about is The Insider. You go public and 30 million people hear what you got to say. Nothing, I mean nothing, will ever be the same again. Now, the work we did here is confidential, not for public scrutiny, any more than our one's family matters. We're very serious about protecting our interests. He's got something to say. He wants to say it. I want it on 60 Minutes. Maybe for the audience, it's just voyeurism, something to do on a Sunday night. And maybe it won't change a thing. And people like myself and my family are left hung out to dry, used up, alone. What does this guy have to say? I don't be paranoid yet. That threatens these people. That isn't cigarettes are bad for you. Who is this? 
They have no right to hide behind a corporate agreement. He can talk, we can air it. The worst kind of an organized smear campaign against a whistleblower. Shoplifting, failing to pay child support. They can paint everything with that brush. What, what are you going to do now? You're going to finesse me, lawyer me some Mike. more? Try Mr. Wallace. If we aired this segment... I was told... Don't talk! Mind my own business. We could be a grave risk. We're doing this with or without you, Lowell. Are you a businessman or are you a newsman? He's only the key witness in the biggest public health reform issue in U.S. history. Does he go on television and tell the truth? Yes. Is it newsworthy? Yes. Are we gonna air it? Of course not. Why? Because he's not telling the truth. No, because he is telling the truth. And the more truth he tells, the worse it gets. You manipulated me into this. I fought for you, and I still fight for you. The American public need to know. Jeffrey! And you wish you hadn't come forward? Dr. Wagland's deposition will be part of this record. You wish you hadn't blown the whistle? Jeffrey! Do I think it's worth it? I told the truth. It's valid and true and provable. These people, that's not the point whether you told the truth or not. Now, The Insider is an out-and-out, fairly long drama. It runs up to 2 hours and 30 minutes. But what makes this fascinating is it's almost shot like a real thriller. And it is, in fact, a real thriller. Because it's based on the real-life story of a big tobacco employee who revealed this truth about smoking. Surprise, surprise, back in the day, a lot of people were convinced that smoking would kill you. So this is based on a real-life story about a 60 Minutes producer and a former employee played respectively by Al Pacino and Russell Crowe who have to go through a lot once they decide to blow the lid off Big Tobacco's secret. This movie is directed by Michael Mann who many of you might know as the legendary director of action movies such as Heat and Miami Vice and you can really see his influence in the movie. It doesn't read like a biopic or a long drawn out drama. It feels like a thriller. It keeps you on the edge of your seat. It lets you look into the mind of Russell Crowe's character to understand the paranoia and fear he's going through. This movie was nominated for several Oscars, uh, especially for Russell Crowe's performance. One of the main things I loved about this movie is how it took a slice of history and conveyed it in such an effective manner. It doesn't feel like a, a history lesson being retold to you. It actually feels like a creative story that just so happened to be almost true. So if you're looking for a serious movie that talks about a serious issue in a thrilling manner, you can't go wrong with The Insider. Well, look who's back. No, that's not a rhetorical question. That's the third movie on today's list and one of the movies that I'm most excited to talk to you about. Now, Look Who's Back is a 2015 German film that is technically a satirical black comedy. Now, why did I put satirical in air quotes? After all, it is, in fact, a satire. Vast parts of the script just show you how the television industry, how people's minds, how ratings, how all of it works. 
and it makes fun of the absurdity of it all however some parts of the movie are not scripted and that's what qualifies this as not just a satirical dark comedy but a satirical dark comedy slash horror the plot and i won't be ruining this for anyone because this is just within the first 2 minutes the plot is that hitler somehow comes back to modern germany the actual adolf hitler in his proper regalia and once he's back the question is what happens how does society accept him do they take him seriously do they think he's a fool do they believe him do they not the way the story moves forward is not just comical it's not just creative it's not just clever it's dread inducing you know those kind of movies where you laugh until you can't laugh anymore because you just realized how true the issue is that's what this movie is this movie will open your eyes no strike that this movie will frighten you about the world we can live in not the world we could have lived in not an alternative history but the world we can live in if the timeline skewers from today so if you're looking for a movie that will make you laugh that is easy to digest that on its surface has a lot of funny jokes and quirks and visual gags but also the themes and philosophy to make you question society in general look who's back so i think in today's episode we've covered quite a variety of genres we've had the science fiction slash horror the drama slash thriller the satirical black comedy slash horror slash dread inducing movie now let's move on to something light animation and as some of you might already know one of my favorite movie studios of all time in fact technically one of the most if not the most successful movie studio in the world pixar now if i had to choose the 10 best pixar movies i would receive 100 mails complaining about the movies that i left out if there is there were 100 people who were watching this but this movie is not necessarily pixar's greatest cinematic achievement nor its biggest commercial success nor even its most critically acclaimed and out of the box story this movie is personal to me because i saw it at an age where it really made a difference to my mind the movie is Raz, you're looking fabulous today. Is that a new haircut? Come on, tell me, it's a new haircut, isn't it? It's got to be a new haircut, new makeup. You've had a lift, you've had a tuck, you've had some. Yeah! Morning, Sully. Morning, Sully. How you doing, big guy? Hey. Go get him, Mr. Sullivan. Why? You make him lose his focus. Oh no! Sorry. Scary feet, scary feet, scary feet. Up, oh, the kids away. Twins and a bunk bed. <laughs>
the time to panic! As long as it doesn't come near us, we're gonna be okay. The aim of this podcast is to talk about movies that you may not have heard of. But I'm sure almost everyone has already seen Monster Sync. So instead, let me remind you of just how great a movie it was. You see, one of the things I liked about Monsters Inc. is that it had a wonderful sense of world building. That's something that many Pixar movies have be it Toy Story or uh, Ratatouille or The Incredible. The movie is not just about a character or a plot, but about an intricate world that works with its own rules and has its own quirks. That is what drew me into Monsters, Inc. The idea that there were monsters who lived beyond our doors and that they needed our screams for energy. But what really seals this movie as one of my favorite animation movies of all times is the really tender heart at the center of this movie. And the reason why I included this movie in the episode talking about society is because though Monsters Inc. is supposed to be a children's movie, though Monsters Inc. is supposed to be light and funny, there is actually a very solid commentary that is going on throughout the movie. Here is an entire society that has developed one way of thinking. And they're so rigid in their thinking that anyone who tries to cross the bound is immediately put away. So while the resolution of the movie seems quite easy and effortless, it actually talks about a seismic shift that happens within that society. An entire society realizes there is a different way of doing something. Think about that in terms of our real life societies. That would be the equivalent of the whole world waking up to realize, wait, we don't need fossil fuels for uh, producing electricity or, you know, any other random example. So if you're looking to relive uh, just how wonderful animation movies can be, I suggest you check out Monsters, Inc. soon. And that brings us to the final movie of today's episode. There's a reason why I kept this movie towards the end of the podcast. It's because there's just so much I want to talk about this movie. You see, this is not a movie that came to me recommended by a friend. It's not a movie that I saw on a list. In fact, I would have never even been aware of this movie had it not popped up on a TV channel when I was a kid. But when I saw that movie, I didn't know why, but I was drawn to it. I was hooked. I was mesmerized. And later on, when I read about the movie, I realized what are the thoughts that are bubbling up inside me. Now, you're probably wondering which movie am I talking about? Well, it's this one. Stand by, going to air. Stand by, film. Five, Stand by music. Four, Stand by now. Three, two, one. And fade up. Geritol presents the exciting quiz program 21. Give me the name of the explorer who discovered Mozambique. Vasco da Gama? Correct, for 10 points. This temple is an underdog. People root for that. It wasn't Herbie terrific. Have you seen the ratings? I'd like you to meet next week's challenger, Charles Van Dorn. Oh. How much do they pay instructors up at Columbia? $86 a week. Do you have any idea how much Bozo the Clown makes? 
Gotta be James J. Braddock. Correct, you have 21! Is this guy a natural or what? He's a natural. <laughs> $20,000. What if we would ask you questions that you know? Well, I think I'd really rather try to beat him honestly. Just an idea. Was that part of the test? <laughs> yes, I know his name. Halleck, General H.W. Halleck. You have 21! I'm constantly amazed at the facts these guys have at their fingertips. It's been nine weeks now. And you've won how much? $93,000. Sir, I smell something. That little box in your living room is plugged into something crooked. You lose when I tell you to lose. Now I'm supposed to take a dive? You know, you got these crackpots coming out of the woodwork. You don't have a shred of concrete evidence. Young man, I am the president of the National Broadcasting Company. I have you. And why are you the one that's sweating? Let him out, boys. Charles Van Dorn hails from one of the most prominent intellectual families in this country. Dixon, a witch hunt. He thinks 21 is rigged. Is it? You should see the letters I get. Kids are excited about learning. You set a real example for all us boys to look up to. Just sign the statement. Sign the statement, her. Sign the statement. Who cares if it's true, huh? Heck. Dan. If someone offered you all this money, would you do it? No. And I would. Professor, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to ask for your answer. So let me tell you what is so special about Quiz Show. Now, I'll be the first to admit that title doesn't inspire curiosity. It just sounds like a really competitive quiz show and a movie based on that. However, this 1994 movie is a detective docudrama. See, I told you I would spread out the genres and this movie is directed by Robert Redford who is better known for his amazing acting performances but really delivers as a director here. So the story is about a scandal that happened with a game show back in the 60s. It captured the country's attention and it led to a lot of fallout. There was a congressional investigation and a lot of things went down. But what this movie does is not just tell you that this is what happened. It brings you back to that era. And I don't mean just in terms of the clothes and the haircuts and the way of speaking. I mean, there is a theme that is deep within this movie that once you start analyzing, it just makes you remember this movie over and over again. You see, in this movie, and I'm not spoiling anything by saying this, the whole country is fascinated by a game show. Not a game show where you toss something into a ring or, you know, swap your spouse with someone else, but a game show where you test your knowledge, a quiz show. So there is something you need to understand about why that is so important. Back in the 60s, the Cold War was at its peak, which meant everyone in America was rooting for their country to produce the best, smartest, fastest, strongest individuals ever so that they could compete against Soviet Union. 
and that meant there was a sense of intellectualism that was supported and watching this movie is poignant today because we see how far we have come as a society you see the quiz show in question within this movie holds the same ratings then that keeping up with the kardashians holds today so when you look at this movie and you look at an era where people were idolizing the smartest person in the room an era where if you were the winner of a quiz show people would invite you into their homes would treat you like a rock star that almost seems like a fairy tale a fantasy world something that we just created out of thin air but it's not it's something that existed something that was lost so that is why i highly recommend this movie this movie is criminally underrated and not all of this is because of audiences not going to the theaters although that was a factor another factor was timing you see if ever you want to tell someone that timing matters in life quote this movie because quiz show was released in the same year and nominated for the best picture alongside and let me just tell you the movies forest gump four weddings and a funeral pulp fiction and shawshank redemption perhaps three or yeah three of the best movies of the decade and then there's quiz show any other year it would have stood a stronger chance is what i think but that doesn't matter now right now you can watch this movie from the comfort of your home and when you watch it think about the emphasis they place on intellectualism think about not just what is different in terms of visuals in the 60s but what is different in terms of principles in terms of ideals aspirations of a society so that brings us to the end of today's episode just to recap these are the five movies that we talked about in today's theme of society the first is the mist a movie that talks about how society reacts when there are monsters at our doors two the insider a movie that tells us what happens when one person exposes monsters within our societies third look who's back a movie that explores what happens if a monster comes back into our society fourth monsters inc you know a movie about monsters that live beyond our doors and how they might not be all bad and finally quiz show a movie about how we can turn something to be idealized such as intellectualism into something to be feared and monstrous over the course of a decade or two or five Okay now I'm actually wondering whether the episode should have been titled Monsters. But then you'd probably think it was 15 20 minutes about me talking about Charlie Theron's performance in that movie. So let's go with society. Check out those movies and let me know what you think. Oh and please feel free to get in touch with me and let me know your feedback because I I'm not sure if you noticed a few friends of mine were kind enough to let me know what was wrong with my podcast and what needed to be improved which is why i look and sound hopefully a bit better and uh, 
I used to feel bad about this. I used to feel bad about the idea of putting out an unpolished podcast and embarrassing myself. But then I thought, you know what? It's kind of fitting that a podcast that talks about movies follows the path of a movie maker. You see the first episode is the episode or the movie that I made in the basement or my room. The second episode is the one that I made after adjusting the camera and the lighting and getting the AC to shut off. So hopefully by the end of this episode run Oscars here I come. Thank you and see you next week.